It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Josh Young with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers baseball podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right, and welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 28, and today, Blaine Krim is going to join us. If you don't know that name, you should, and he's going to join us right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. All right, guys, joining us now, and he's actually in his car. He's out there in Surprise. Jeff and I have been out there. Uh, uh, Jeff was out there last week again. Um, this is a name everybody's starting to know, and it's Texas Ranger first baseman slash maybe outfielder. We don't know. Blaine Krim. <laughs> Blaine, what's going on, buddy? I'm good. How are y'all doing? I'm doing good. I, I, uh, I, saw, you, I saw you Monday in uh, Goodyear. Um, I'm already back in Texas. I, I was covering TCU basketball last week and figured on my way back home, I'd stop by the camp, but I'm coming back next week. So, okay. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, I might yeah, be, I'm still trying to sell my wife on it. You got your sitting next yeah. to you. I'm trying to say, Hey, I may need to jump back out, but I don't know. We may not. I'll you see you. If nothing else, I'm going to see you at some ball games one time this year. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, so where'd you guys play today? We, I played, the Mariners and the 
in surprise, just in a backfield okay. game. Okay. Yeah, those uh those uh Mariners backfields aren't great. So no, no. You have to go over there. Yeah, I'm glad we got I think it was my first day actually like had a at home minor league backfield game this year. So it was kind of nice. You know, I saw somewhere you doubled, didn't you? I did. Today was a good day for me. Today was good. What all did you do? I was two for four. Um, I had a bases clear and double in the first. And then I grounded out, had a homer my second at bat, or my third at bat. Dang. And then struck out my fourth. Wow. The ball Strike must out, look right? huge. Check out, you might get released. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the, you know, I mean, the Mariners and have you know one of the best farm systems in in baseball. Yeah, uh, or at least that's what it's rated. And you guys have been out caught up to them, so that that's a pretty good little little battle. I know it's spring training, but that's there's yeah talent on that field. I bet they got they got some pretty good arms. Um, I, I faced them last year and. I think in Frisco, they came to us, and I think they open – I think Frisco opens with them again this year. And I, I got some buddies on the Mariners. Um, and, of course, they got some big-name guys, especially on the mound that we that we faced that are – you know, they're not t- they're not easy at bats, but they're fun. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're competitive. They have guys that, you know, come at you with really good stuff, but they kind of – let you know where you're at in your career really quick if you can if you can hit off those guys then you can hit off a lot of guys so it, it's fun I, I do like playing against them they they pitch backwards so you definitely you can't just go up there in spring training and and ambush heaters like you can on some other teams like you got to be you got to be ready to hit and stay disciplined against those guys so it was good yeah it, back when uh, back when Ron Washington was the manager uh, he always talked about how he played winter ball every year. One, there's a financial component to it, but two, he always had to win a job. And so he wanted yeah. to be clicking on all cylinders and ready to go when he got to camp. <laughs> you played in Puerto Rico and, and it, it, it ended a little earlier than, than a lot of winter balls, but do you still feel like you're in a groove that, that you were, you were in down out there? Yes. And no, um, I, personally, I feel like if I'd ever take like two weeks off of hitting, I might as well have just taken six months off. Um, be it, you know, just because a leg kick is a big part of my swing, that can be, you know, that can be the thing that is tough with timing. But mentally, I feel like it was great because I'm, you know, I was able to just kind of roll into spring training game ready mentally, and my body feels great. You know, the, I didn't have too much of a physical toll on my body out there as as much as I thought I would. So, I mean, I rolled into spring training. I feel like game ready, ready to go. Um, it was nice to be eased back into it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I went down there for the same reasons, I guess, as Ron Washington did. Um, number one, for the experience and then, of course, financially and, you know, to kind of – I thought I was going to get to play some outfield, but I didn't. In, I, I didn't get to do that at all. I mean, I, I got to practice with some really good guys out there that, um, you know, kind of taught me some stuff that I'm able to take over here if I ever do get to play some outfield. But it was, it ended up being a great experience. You know, it it'll be one of those things where it's kind of after each season I'll have to kind of evaluate where my career's at um, each time. So. We'll see. Yeah. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it, though. Yeah, I, I I didn't put this in the story I wrote about you, but you 
You said it's like every game is like game seven of the World Series. This yeah, kind of it's game. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, I mean, especially for the the native Puerto Rican guys that are there. Like this is, there's guys that only play in that winter league that you know maybe are retired or um, some don't. Some have the opportunity to go play affiliate baseball and they just don't. They just kind of. There's a league that's going on right now in Puerto Rico that they stay and play in, but the winter league is is the league and you know, they really take pride in that and they have very high standards, especially the team I was on. And winning was the only option, which and it was a good thing. Um, yeah. but the, the culture there just thrives on on baseball and the fans love it, the people love it, the staff you know, it was great, but they also let us know, like, the pressure that was on us to win there. And so it was, you know, from the first pitch of the game to the last pitch, it it, it didn't matter what game it was. It was win at all costs. And, you know, they – it's a business as well. You know, if, if you're not cutting it, you're gone. So that was definitely a different pressure that I, that I felt. But <laughs> – it, it, like I said, it was cool. You know, you're playing – you can't go – you can't get called up. The only thing you can do is, I guess, get released. Yeah. But, you know, you're there and you're playing for one goal. And I feel like that's kind of a mentality that I need to take over here and not really worry about anything externally, what's going on, just worry about where my feet are. Did your wife for, go? Uh, for, sorry, John. For people who are listening who, who may not know, Blaine won the batting title. Yeah. And was the first American to do it since what 1948? Is that right? The first U.S. player to do it, something um, like that. Yeah. So, oh, the numbers were like, hey, 1948 is older than my mom, so uh, <laughs> by like, a year. But still, that's a that's a that's a heck of an accomplishment. I mean, I, it was video you know, game numbers. Yeah, and, and yeah. Then, you know, you know the players who've come out of Puerto Rico, and I know there's the argument that that putting Puerto Rico in the draft is kind of hurt baseball in Puerto Rico, but then you see uh, Francisco Lindor and Carlos Correa, the Molina brothers. I mean, you can go on and on for, for players who post, post the, you know, Juan Gonzalez and, and Rodriguez, Ivan Rodriguez times who've become stars in baseball. It, it is different, but um, I mean, that's, you know, that's a baseball, that's a baseball country. That's, Ooh. that's, yeah, that's it is for sure. Yeah. So yeah, they love it. All right. So, um, Big league camp. I know. I know it's a screwy year, and you already got got moved out. But what what was it like for you to be just to be in there and and to, to have your name name called to to join the the big league camp? Yeah, I mean it was, <clears throat> you know, the spring training, the early camp, the lockout, just everything's kind of been so weird. Um, and it almost, I wouldn't say it felt like big league camp, but there were big league camp vibes i guess you could say with the staff being mm -hmm. very hands-on with us these the first few weeks of mini camp which was i think kind of took the pressure off me going into big league camp but at the same time you know there's guys i'm really close with like davis and josh Foscu, and you know some pitchers that have been in that environment that you know are comfortable with the big league guys and know them and have relationships with them uh, on my end i i had never really had any relationship or interaction with any of the big leaguers before. So that was kind of the thing for me was I didn't know what I was supposed to do when I got there. I didn't know if I was supposed to just sit in the corner and be quiet and just <laughs> fill in when I'm supposed to be there or if I was supposed to be 
trying to pick these guys' brains or what. So that was kind of the – what was really cool is is the guys that are up there, you know, made me feel like I was just one of them. It wasn't, hey, this is the, you know, the new guy, blah, 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 all the things that they could have done. You know, they – a lot of them approached me, had genuine conversations with me about, you know, not just baseball, about my family, about my wife you know, where I'm from, just everything like that. And that was just really cool to see. And just to see, kind of be a fly on the wall of how those guys go about their business and kind of the their preparation and their routines and, and their work ethic and what they do hard and what they, you know, take easy on during spring training is just very eye-opening. Um, you know, there were times I went to the cages, not even hit. I kind of just brought a bat out there to make it seem like I was hitting, but I just really wanted to watch. Sure. And I feel like, I, I do feel like I learned a lot. You know, Simeon was very open and, you know, hit with me a few times, would come and hit in the cage I was hitting at, which I didn't think was a thing. I thought those guys would do their own thing at their own time and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we talked about hitting. Apparently we have some of the same struggles at the plate, talked about it, worked <laughs> on it. And it's just, you know, that was just one of the things that happened that I can remember name off the top of my head. But, you know, of course, it was shorter than, I guess, a normal big league camp would be. But it was great. I mean, I, it was great to be around those guys. You know, I'm happy I'm getting my bats now to be ready to play on opening day. But, you know, even though it was a week, it was still a great experience. Yeah. Um, do you have they given you any thoughts on, on where you might open the season? No, no, they haven't. I'm kind of <laughs> trying not to not to worry about it. Um, I I worried about it a lot last year, and I feel like it affected me early on in the season. And then I feel like when I performed well during the season is when I kind of took that mentality of just being where I'm at and just taking it game by game. So that's the that's the big focus this year is wherever it is, just kind of. Um, taking it day by day and just trying to win that day. My dogs are barking. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, this happens every once in a while when they when the uh, player that they love is on, they start to they start to get going <laughs> crazy over that there. Makes, so that, that, that makes me miss my dog. Hey, so we, hey, let me ask you this in Puerto Rico, did your wife go to Puerto Rico with you or did you just go down yourself? So Puerto Rico is the, the scheduling of Puerto Rico is very crazy for me. Uh, my wife and I got married in 2020 in December. So our original honeymoon in December got canceled because of COVID. And then the plan last year was for us to take another honeymoon over Thanksgiving. And after Thanksgiving, I was going to go play in Puerto Rico for the rest of the season that right. they had. Well, like I said, the financial aspect of it, once some of that stuff was ironed out. We decided that it was better for me to go as long as I could. And so the honeymoon got canceled again. <laughs> and then we had, we had plans. Uh, so my wife's a soccer coach at North Greenville and their season kind of ran into the middle to late November. Right. And it just didn't work out for her to come before the playoffs. And then I came home for Christmas after January happened, she was going to come to the Dominican if, if I made it to the Caribbean series, and and we didn't. So 
she was not able to make it. And plus the vaccine mandate was pretty tough down there. Yeah. She wouldn't have even, she wouldn't have been able to come to a game even if she was down there. So um, that was tough. That, that That's the tough part was, you know, being away in my off season when I'm supposed to be at home and actually sure. have the luxury of being married. But sure. it, you know, I, I think it was a sacrifice on the front end that hopefully pays off on the back end for us. Sure. And you, you like the, the, you mentioned uh, uh, Foscu and Smith who are also married or engaged. So it yeah. seems, I talked to Cody Bradford, seems like all the, and Davis and all you, all you married slash engaged, engaged guys live together or, or yeah. to each other. What's, what's that like afterwards? Kind of like, cause you're not in the village. No, it's <laughs> great. I mean, I like, you know, Josh Smith, we got cl- I got pretty close with him last year after the trade. Um, Foskey, same thing. You know, we got to spend a good time last year together. I'm actually in his wedding coming up, so we're we're close. Um, but of course, you know, I think the girls get pretty close being in the stands and you know being a part of this journey as well. And this is actually the first time that my wife Katie is going to be able to travel with me somewhat this year. And so she was very excited about that. And, you know, living with seven people is, it's a, it's an experience for sure. (laughs) It kind of feels like a, we should have like a reality TV show or something going on. Cause we got that, we got, we got Jax Biggers, who's the one single guy that's kind of the glue that holds everybody together. Just put him in a walk-in closet. He can sleep in a closet. Yeah. He's pretty much pretty much is. Well, but Josh, Josh's wife is big on the on the the YouTube and Instagram. Yeah, the scene. social yeah. media scene. Maybe she could come up with something. Yeah, I'm sure some people are getting the in, inside of of what our lives are like. But you know, it's kind of. I'm sure uh, all of us would rather live alone with our with our wives like normal people. But I think that we do a very good job of making the most of it, and it's a great it's a great group. And, you know, for me, being at the field as long as I am each day, knowing that Katie has, you know, some friends that she gets to spend time with and enjoy Arizona with is is nice. But, you know, it is it is tough. Like today, we're you know, Katie's about to fly back home in a, in a few days. And so we're trying to spend as much time alone as we can, which yeah. <laughs> is not at the house. So we're just trying to trying to find things to do. Well, and I I, I know from experience that hotel rates are outrageous. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So as long as you can get away, I mean, shit. I mean, the Airbnbs are expensive. I mean, I, I was just in one for this last trip. It was in the top of a, of a guy's work shed. It was a real nice apartment, but it was like slope. The roof, roof was sloped. And so it slanted. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a monster. I'm six one. But like I kept hitting my head on the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> I don't but have I mean, that problem. That's what I'm doing to <laughs> save the company some money. And yeah, you no, know, it's a real thing, man. We're we're working stiffs out here. And, <laughs> it is. It's. T- I mean, I I know it was a it was a long process for us to to find a place out here because I think a lot of the places were booked pre lockout before you know thinking yeah. that spring training was going to be normal, and you know I think we had two or three places that we had set up and then the right when we go to book it apparently somehow it booked that day so i mean we yeah. got lucky with a we got lucky with a place but like you said it's not it's not cheap <laughs> no no it's not yep um okay so 
I mean, obviously, I guess the major leagues is, is now a realistic goal for you. I mean, I know, I know we talked about how this was kind of an experiment out of college, but now, yeah, dude, it seems like yeah. bubbling. It, yeah, it is. It's pretty surreal in in all aspects. You know, like I, like I told you that story about my wife and I. We that's kind of like a perspective thing. That's pretty. It happens pretty often, and you know, it's easy for me to take it for granted and not realize like what's going on. And, you know, I think when things are going well for me is when I realize like any day now this could end. And, you know, I, I could have been one scout away from not being at my game at this certain day from not even being here. And when I don't think about those things, you know, I lose sight of how awesome this is. And that's, what is a great thing about my wife is she does not let me lose sight of that because she was a phenomenal athlete and had the chance to play professional herself and sacrifice that for us. So, um, it's, it, you know, that being in big league camp was crazy. You know, I, I, I got one inning with Seager on the field Man. and him throwing me the ball. I was like, this is wild. And then, you know, even, even Davis and Josh and, you know, those guys like that that I'm playing with that I, I see as very good friends of mine, I watched them on TV when I was in college. And, you know, I'm like, dang, these dudes are studs. And now I'm on the same field with them. And it's just – it's crazy to think that it's it's for a professional baseball organization in a big league setting and that it's, like you said, a, a, a realistic – somewhat realistic goal now. And it, it's just beside me that that has come – that that's what it's come to. Yeah. Well, you're doing great, man. Yeah. yeah Thank you. Just Thank you. All right. John, John here uh, will, will ask you some more fun questions than I, I do. Although these are, okay. I don't know. It's not like I've been grilling you. So yeah, no yeah, kidding. No, this is great. Well, it's fun. You made me look good because uh, so I, I do a little top 20 prospect thing that I've done for the last few years. And I've been with Jeff now for a year. And uh, mine is always, I have a preface with mine and it's that you can never have played one, day in the big leagues to be on my list so but I put you in there year before last at like number 16 and I don't know that anybody had you in the top 20 and I did and I was watching these numbers and I was going watch this guy and then you made me look good and I'm like you guys yeah. slept on him I'm telling you I was watching these guys numbers uh so I'm you made glad. me look good so that I, I, I'm, I'm proud of you man I, I'm happy now listen okay we're gonna have some fun here so I've got that you were born in Mobile Alabama is that right that's correct. Where did you go to high school? I went to St. Paul's. Is that in Mobile? Mo Mobile? Yes. Mobile. It is, a, it is a football school for sure. <laughs> Mo so, well, you, so you went to high school in Mobile, Alabama. So that I leads did. to a great, since it's a football school, did you play any other sports when you were in high school or growing up? I played football for one year, and I got tossed around like a rag doll. <laughs> and I thought that – I was, you know, going to be this SEC baseball stud. And I was like, I don't want to get injured. And I was kind of soft. So <laughs> I quit after I quit after that year. And I was very underdeveloped. I didn't develop until later in my high school career. So I quit after that year and actually only played baseball. So, you know, I like to think that I'm athletic. I'm, I'm not really as athletic as I think I am. But <laughs> I wish I would have played football. I'll put it that way. Did well, you know? Did you know Bubba in, in when you were little, we, younger? Yeah, we, we 
we played on the same travel team. Okay. No kidding. Know. Yeah. So we, he was, so he's a year younger than me, but he's two years younger than me in school. And so from the age from like nine to 12, 13 ish, we played on the same travel ball team. And he was like the, the underdeveloped, just really fast kid that, um was you know you could tell he's like an athlete his cousin was on the team as well and his cousin played division one football was a freak athlete as well and so you know Bubba was a player like he contributed but you know I blinked and he's a first rounder and (laughs) you know he's still the same kid he still has fun like he did when we were 10 years old 11 years old he's the best you know one of the best teammates I've ever had and I'm very glad to see him succeed the way he is right now. And I, I hope nothing more than to him, you know, for, to get the call up this year. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that, that's that's I mean, pretty interesting. And Mo, I mean, Mobile is a baseball town. I mean, I know. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, yeah. Garrett, I mean, you don't get much more baseball than that. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, and I mean, Jake, Jake Peavy went to my high school. Okay. Um, and Destin Hood played a big in the right, big leagues for a little right, while right. recently. Yeah. Actually, he was in, he was in Rangers Rangers. five or six years ago. So I, I love Dustin Hood. Yeah, so he he went to my high school as well. Um, So, I mean, we have some baseball guys, but, you know, football-wise, we had A.J. McCarron, Jacob Coker, and Mark Barron, and Jalen Arbor Davis, who were all national champs at Alabama. And then we had, you know, a national champ at Auburn. We had an Under Armour All-American every year I was in high school. So, all right. And they were – yeah, they were were pretty good. Yeah, I – our, our, our favorite one of our favorite vacation spots is Fairhope. Yeah, my parents are. Is that is that my, beach? My, yeah, my my we so Katie and I just got married in Fairhope. Is that right? Um, wow. Yeah. yeah at the Grand. At, our, well, close to the Grand, and okay. a lot of our families and people that came in stayed at the Grand, and you know, our after our wedding night, that's where we stayed, and then my parents are actually. My, their house is almost done in that neighborhood. So is that right? Gosh, that's yeah. I told my wife that's where we're going to retire. Oh, yeah, man. that's Lord. what they're that, that's what they're doing. They got their Lord. dream house. So Lord, they're right on the bay, man. I, yep. I, I no, I told her last last time we were there. This is it. Yeah, my 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 wife saw their bri- all of her and her bridesmaids stayed right there on the on the bay. You know, like fifteen of them in a house. It was it was pretty sweet. Nice. Wow. Okay. All right. Now you went to Mississippi College. That's where you went. Did you I have did. a chance to go anywhere else? Anybody else offer you? I had. So I had some junior college looks, um, and then I, I had some Division One looks that you know were, hey, we're gonna come watch you. Blah blah blah. They came and watched me. Told me I was underdeveloped and you know needed a couple years before they thought I'd be ready. So when it came down to like crunch time where I thought it was the time where I needed to commit, I re- I only had Mississippi College and North Alabama, which is, you know, they're division one now, but they, my first three years of college, they were actually in my conference and they offered me as a pitcher primarily. And I had a quote unquote chance to try and hit, but they didn't think that that was in my future. So it was kind of a process of elimination in Mississippi College. All right. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. If you grow up in, in, in Mobile, Alabama, I mean, did you grow up – was your dream, did you want to play for the Crimson Tide? Is that what you wanted to do? Or? No, I was a 
I so my parents went to Auburn for a year, so we were Auburn fans growing up. But you know, I was I was like a Vanderbilt guy ever since I could remember, just because you know I, I I was somewhat smart, thought that I could have the best of both worlds there, but I quickly realized I was not in the picture, <laughs> and so it went from SEC probably my freshman sophomore year, and then. You know, going into my junior year, I was like, all right, well, maybe I need to think more like South Alabama or, you know, Southern Miss was very, very high on my list. I, I wanted to go there, um, yeah. like Louisiana Monroe, schools kind of like that. But it just – it didn't work out, but it did work out. No, it did. Ed, from- Hattiesburg is right up the street, or kind of. Yeah. Hattiesburg's not far. And then Clinton's, what, a little bit north of that? Yeah, so Clinton, Clinton was three hours from Mobile. It was like perfect drive um very easy drive it was it was great okay I, I so remember, i remember clinton because it got hit by a tornado yep yeah, probably about what 10 15 years ago now yeah and that that's why everything's pretty new <laughs> yeah they were, yeah that's what they had to when they okay so listen you got drafted in the 19th round of 2019 mm-hmm. so I, I i love this question and love this answer where were you when you got drafted and how'd you find out you've been drafted I was at my house with my parents, and so my parents apparently got called on day two by, I'm pretty sure it was my area scout, and he said to be ready in the 10th round. They thought they were going to take me then, and so my parents are checking the iPad and their (laughs) phone all day, and I'm like, what are you doing? You know, this is not, uh, if, if I go, I'm going tomorrow. And so they told me at the end of the day that, you know, hey, well, the, the Rangers called, said they were going to take you in the 10th round. They didn't. So I, I knew early on the next day I, I had a shot. The You know, I had some teams call me that night as well and asked me if I would, you know, basically take a plane ticket. And, of course, I said, yeah. <laughs> and so I knew early on the next day I was probably going to get a call and – you know, round 11, round 12, round 13, round 14, they kind of started going. They were going quick, but for me, they felt like they were going pretty slow. Right. And so I think after the 18th round, the Rangers didn't take me. I, I, I put the iPad on the kitchen table, and I was fixing myself some food or something because I hadn't eaten all day. And I just kind of was like, eating something and I went and looked at the iPad and it was like five picks after the Rangers picked. And I was like, Oh, who'd they take? And it was me in the 19th. <laughs> I was like, and my dad was doing some work. And right when I told my dad, they picked me, I heard my mom in the back of the house, like freak out. And apparently she was back in the back, just scrolling on her phone, <laughs> trying to, trying to not make me any more nervous, I guess. And awesome. so that was, that was really cool. Um, you know, then I got a call and my phone started blowing up right after that. So mm-hmm. that was definitely an unorthodox way, I feel like. But it was – I mean, of course, I, I enjoyed it. Well, let me ask you this. So who? So what are some of your hobbies outside of baseball? What do you do outside of baseball? You a hunting, fishing? What do you do? Yeah, I, I like to hunt. I like to fish. I don't get to do it near as much as I would want to. So I can't say I'm this just avid outdoorsman. I do love the outdoors a lot. I, I really like to fish. I got big into fishing over COVID um, in Mississippi. But, you know, I I like golf. 
not not too good at it, but I like it. I really enjoy it. Um, I like, yeah, I, I like it, but I don't like it. My wife's going to say I don't like it. I like <laughs> being outside with my wife and like taking walks and doing stuff like that. But in spring, in spring training, I'm, you know, when she wants to go on the walks in the afternoon after a long day, I'm like, uh, maybe I don't want to walk. <laughs> yeah, today. I, don't, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> but we, and we got a puppy, we got a puppy right after we got married. So, um, you know, her name's Oakley. She's actually in training right now. So this, you know, I, we like to take her for walks and I like to hang out with her. So I, I'm not a big video game guy. I don't want, you know, I, I'll get in like a Netflix routine where I, you know, fall deep into one show here and there, but I don't watch a ton of TV or yeah. sports or anything like that. So kind of pretty simple to be honest with you. Where did, where did Katie with soccer, I guess she played. Yeah. So Katie went to Arkansas out of high school and she was, she was a stud, um, had a tough injury there her freshman year and transferred to Mississippi college where we met and just tore it up, you know, was first team, all American conference player of the year, region player of the year, almost won, you know, NCAA woman of the year. So, She's, she she can hold that over my head for the rest of for the rest of time but yeah she's a stud she's she's into fitness now so you know she I don't I don't have any I, I can't take my foot off the gas but that's a good thing that's good yeah that's good okay yeah. so we're gonna get into the last three here first we're gonna get into the food questions what's your favorite food okay. what what kind of food's your favorite food I would say um I like fried catfish a lot, but that's like only my grandmother's. <laughs> and other than that, like chicken wings, I could just smash chicken wings. You, ham- you hammer them, huh? I can hammer. Been to booties? Have you been? To I booties? have been to. I have <laughs> been to booties. Yeah, I was actually in booties when the season, when this NBA season got canceled a couple of years ago. Um, I, I was there too at the same time. I was yeah. at a bar. Yeah. Well, I was there. I was there. <laughs> Um, yeah, chicken wings, um, any th- French fries for some reason are my weakness. So that's not, that's, okay. that's not good, but, um, and then sweet tea is like my non-negotiable. That's, you know, that's my favorite. I could, if I couldn't, if there was one food item or drink that I couldn't go without for the rest of my life, it'd be sweet tea. All right. Okay. So favorite home cooked meal, you may have just said it. And who Grandma's cooks cat- it? Is it grandma's catfish or does your wife make something? You got her next to you now. She can't hear this question, but is there something yeah. she, she makes? Uh, maybe you got two of them while you got her sitting yeah. next to you. <laughs> my, my wife's favorite home cooked meal for me would probably be our breakfast for dinner. Ooh, um, we've already had this conversation. That's good. I, yeah. I can't last week we got into it. She kills it. it. She kills it. So she, uh, you know, we do either the pancakes or biscuits and then the whole bacon, eggs, you know, all that good stuff. But I would say, you know, the the catfish is like a splurge, like once, once a year kind of thing because my grandma, like, makes me eat until I'm in a coma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, my dad, my dad's a re- my dad's a really good cook. Um, he's really good on the grill, so you know I I, I like his steaks a lot, his chicken wings, Ooh. his burgers. Like 
it really anything my dad whips up on the grill is is it's always a go-to you can't right. go wrong with steak man can't no go doubt. wrong. all right we're gonna no play doubt. okay so we're gonna play the home home run game i don't know if you've heard this one yet but uh i don't know if i have okay so this is the home run game we're gonna talk about three home runs sometimes you can elaborate and get a couple of them in there first the first home run this is and it is the first home run what is the first home run you ever hit over a fence how old were you and where were you? So I was, I guess, like, what, six years old, probably. Wow. Six or seven. And I think I was just on, like, this, like, super small field with my dad and my mom one day just out there, you know, kind of mess around, I guess, like you would see on Twitter or something. And – yeah, that was my mom's thing in the house. She would always throw me a ball, and I just always had a, one of those huge bats around. Yeah. And so my, her BP was just money when I was young. <laughs> and, and I think I just – one day I think I just slipped up and got one in the air at the right angle, and it went out. And it just was, ran into one, know, huh? <laughs> yeah. I thought I was freaking Chipper Jones. That, that was my guy growing up. So. <laughs> okay, second home run. One of the most exciting. Was there one in high school, college? It's, it was a walk off, a grand slam. You might have a couple of them you can tell me about. What, what's one of the? What's the most exciting home run you've had in your career? I would say, I'd probably say two. Okay. Um, I think number one is a walk off home run in college. Um, it was my junior year, and uh, it was like 25th or 26th game of the season. My junior year, you know, I'm supposed to be, a, you know, the, the guy in the lineup. I'm supposed to be, you know, somewhat of a guy in the conference this year. Had zero home runs until the 25th or 26th game. Came up in a big situation on, you know, a rubber game in a big series for us. And I had a walk-off home run. And it was just, you know, Ever, after that, it was, you know, things started clicking, started hitting a lot of homers that year and kind of got the ball rolling. And then I would say another one was the same year. And it was in the – it was kind of like a two-day thing. It was in the conference championship, uh, conference tournament. And I think that, it, that week was kind of what helped me get drafted, to be honest with you. And I had two homers and I had one in the semifinals and one in the finals. And it was kind of just a like full circle experience. It wasn't even the home runs in the moments or anything like that. It was just, you know, my first two years of college, we were, you know, the laughing stock, you know, dead last in that conference. And then, you know, we come back my junior year and we win it. And cool. just, a, I was, you know, one of like three or four guys that were, freshmen that were kind of part of that turnaround and it was just really cool to step up in those moments um that year and you know get a conference championship and kind of turn the program around so that was i'll remember those okay what's the bomb the furthest one you've ever hit the moment you hit it it was gone how far you think it went and went and when was it probably that one i was just telling that yeah it was the one it was in the semifinals of the conference championship my um, my junior year. It was against our in-state rival, Delta State. They were hosting the tournament. And 
I think it was in like we were going back and forth, back and forth that game in the semis. Whoever won, you know, of course went in. And I hit one in like the seventh inning that just it it kind of was one of those that just disappeared. Four fifty. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was it was I I got that one pretty good. I think the farthest ball I've ever hit might have been this last year in Hickory and Winston Salem though. I got one pretty good there. Got one there too. Okay. Yeah. Last question. This is the fun one. We get this from a, a lot of guys. It's what is something that nobody knows about you? Have you heard any of these answers we've gotten yet? I don't think so. Okay, so you, you can give these guys some crap. Jack Leiter doesn't like peanut butter. I don't get it. I mean, we that's, think it that's wrong. That's horrible. That is that's wrong. Horrible. That's a Vanderbilt guy, by the way. He doesn't like peanut butter. Uh, Davis Wenzel got his finger cut off when he was like five years old. Um, you need to ask him that question. Talking to Dave. Yeah. What was another good one, Jeff? We had a – you're on mute, buddy. We haven't had the sleepwalker on, on this podcast, but, John, you can explain. Oh, that. yeah, the Brock Burke sleepwalking. Have you ever heard those stories, man? Brock Burke no. – you know who Brock is. Brock yeah. walks around in his sleep, and you ought to talk to guys that have roomed with him. In the middle of the night, 3 in the morning, he gets up and starts punching out pillows and screaming at people. I mean, apparently it's pretty scary. So what is something yeah. What is something that nobody knows about Blaine Krim? Um, I think the only reason it's appropriate is because I was so young. But when I was like – when my mom was tossing me, when I was always carrying around that bat, and my mom was always throwing to me when I was younger, the only thing I would wear was socks. Like I was <laughs> – <laughs> rare you know sometimes i'd have underwear on but like you were a naked you know, batter <laughs> yeah i was just running around i don't know i was very comfortable with myself i guess but but, I you, was just, but you covered it, your when, feet up <laughs> yeah when my family like you know when people came over like it was for me to get dressed up was pretty much for me just to put underwear on <laughs> <laughs> We've all was, had kids and seen some of that before, but God, that's hilarious. And you're swinging yeah. that bat. <laughs> it was just a routine for me. It was, you know, <laughs> as soon as I got home, clothes were off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's another good one. Well, and, and do you wear, do you wear socks indoors now as an adult? No, no. Oh, man, I do. I'm like the only one I, I, I know. I wear I wear socks to bed. I wear yeah. socks. My wife, my wife, my wife's a bit. Yeah. She, I don't know if socks ever come off her feet, but yeah, I, I'm not a big sock guy. I usually wear shoes in the house. I've got shoes on right now. I don't want to stub my toes for one reason. Yeah, I hate not, stubbing yeah. my toes. What a my wuss. dad's got like seven different pair of house shoes. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the day. It depends on what if he's walking outside, coming back in. If he's just inside, he's got a pair. He's he's pretty high maintenance when it comes to that stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing him over there at his house in Fairhope. Huh? No yeah. kidding. We're going to be camped <laughs> yeah. out on the beach and, and showing up. Well, Blaine, this has been a blast, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. We're watching your numbers there. Um, Jeff, anything else before we get him back to his wife? Well, yeah, tell Katie thanks. I'm sorry I had to sit in your car for this long. <laughs> I will. I will. She, she, she's the one who took the brunt of it. But uh, go go have a nice dinner. I mean, booties, booties is very nice. And then, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I would you know just yeah you'll see we'll see you next week yeah yeah jeff will see you next week i might if not i'll see you at frisco or or round rock either one buddy okay thank you all very much that's right, blaine cram blaine cram guys thanks blaine see y'all
Okay. That was, huh? that was terrific. Yeah, that was, no, that was that's good. He was he was he was fun to come on. Man, his wife is a trooper for putting up. Sit there with her smoothie over there next to her. And you can see him looking over at him. When you guys see the video, you'll see he kept looking over at her. So uh, she was probably rolling her eyes like most married men have seen their wives do many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've seen Jen yeah, that do was it. Great. Yeah, that you was know, good. And, and he's, uh, you know, when when you were there, um, man, you, you, you saw his one round of live batting practice where he hit three home runs and, uh, you know, he, he had a, a hit or two the other day in that 25, uh, t- uh, 12 game, right. Uh, as a backup in the, in the big league game. And, uh, look, you know, the, the story I wrote on him, uh, yeah, it was good. Jeffwilson.substack.com last week, uh, five ninety nine a month, $60 a year. Absolutely. He, uh, he talks about how he and his wife were like, just going to try baseball and see what happened. And, 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 you know, she, she said, you know, I didn't think it was going to go this far and, and neither did he, you know, so, yep. Yep. And, and now look, I mean, I, you know, he, he, he has some, you know, every, every prospect has things to work on, but when you look at first base depth in this system, he's the guy, cause you know, mm-hmm. Dustin Harris is now an outfielder. Yep. And I, I know people keep, keep saying he's a, he's a, a top first baseman in, in minor league baseball and he would be, but he's not a first baseman uh, th- this season. Now may- maybe it fails. Maybe that's where he ends up again, but right. Um, this is a, this is a guy to, to keep an eye on and he hits everywhere he goes. Absolutely. You know, and look at his numbers in the Northwest league at Spokane and, and then uh, Hickory and Frisco last year. He's, he's, he hits and by gosh, hitting is going to get you in the lineup. And let me tell you what you and I know this from the week we were there. When there were no major league uh, ball players in camp, the front office and the major league staff were walking around, and that is a guy they were had their sure. eyes on. They were watching this guy take live batting practice and hit the ball four hundred feet three times in a row. I mean, they look. This guy don't he may he. There are many situations that he could get called up this year. Seriously. That's not a joke. There are certain situations where it is not out of the question that Blaine Cramp's not playing in the major leagues by the end of this season. Possible. Yeah. You know, uh, things have to happen. Don't get me wrong. And they may not be great things, but some almost have to fall. But, um, you know, if, if he's, if he starts at at Frisco again, or, you know, depending on how the big league roster works out, maybe he, maybe he ends up honestly at, at, at round rock and, uh, who knows? But I would I would expect at the very least that he's at Round Rock at some point this year. If it's not to start, then it's going to be. Um, if he keeps hitting like he is. Yeah. So uh, good for him and and a great you know fun story. And I didn't I didn't know that deal about him and Bubba. So that's pretty cool. So um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That, that 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 was great. Now listen, you're going back out there. Tell me about this week. I wasn't there. You covered TCU. You got back out there for a little more. Hey, there's yeah. a couple things to talk about before we get out of here. I mean, there's going to be some big battles for the bottom of the of the roster. Now we know it's going to be 28 that's going to make yeah. this roster, and there are some people opening eyes, and and I, it's a great problem to have. I, the one I said today that I made note of is Nick Solak isn't going away quietly. I wondered all along if he was going to have a chance to make this team, and he is not. He is not going to let them just you know he's not going to play his way off this team. That, I mean, he's trying to play his way on, and I tell you what, he did yeah. it again today. He's hit two home runs in the last two games. Um, this guy is not going away. Yeah, I think I think left field comes uh, will be a 
Brad Miller, Nick Solak combination somehow. Uh, Miller Miller can play all over. So right. Uh, but but you know you talked about the offense uh, the, the other day in Arizona at Scottsdale against Arizona. He made Solak made a real a real nice catch going back to the wall. It was smooth and it looked like he'd done it before. And the last time we saw Nick Solak play the outfield, it didn't look like he'd done it before. So right. You know he he's basically been told just focus on left field. Uh, you know, last year he was told to focus on second and he, he, he was pretty handy over there. Yeah, sure. Uh, but that- now, now he's been told just focus on left field. And I, I think that's allowed him to, to really Im- improve out there. Um, so I, but I, I do kind of think he makes the team at this point. I do too. I, I, with, with the roster going to 28, I, I think they will take an extra position player. Um, so that might be how, uh, Matt Carpenter makes the roster. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they really like him as a, a veteran who's been around, who can show show guys the ropes. And, you know, that was why they wanted Clayton Kershaw. I know Clayton Kershaw is a pitcher and they wanted Oregon pitchers, but, but um, you know, Matt Carpenter has been around, been around some great guys, some great players, um, whether they're off, whether they're catchers or hitters or whatnot. And, I, I just think that his perspective might be something they value. Um, I mean, he still has to earn it. He's got to show something. And I think he had a triple today. So, um, you know, the, 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 the more he can hit, the better the better uh, his situation is, especially with that roster. Yeah, I totally agree. Abanez had a triple today, too. I saw that uh, in the while I was kind of trying to keep up with it. Um, you know what? Here's the thing. The, where the Rangers are lucky and where everything's going in there and falling into place right now, everybody's playing like they should be on this big league roster. That's a great problem to have. When it's everyone's playing well enough, that's a great problem. You, you don't mind having that problem. It's when the guy you really want to see do it isn't playing there, and then all, everyone, and then the guys that you really weren't counting on are the ones showing them up. Everyone seems to be kind of hitting on cylinders right now. Anybody stand out this last week? Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't want to, uh, ignore, um, guys who are actually going to make the roster, but I mean, Josh Smith and Davis Wenzel and Bubba Thompson have been phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and so that obviously is, has got to be encouraging for the, the Rangers as, as, as maybe they play themselves into roles, uh, into a position where they can help the Rangers this season. Uh, you know, depending on what happens at third base, you know, if, if the Andy Abanias thing doesn't work out, yep. you know, Dave Monzel could step in. Josh, Josh Smith um, is, is uh, playing third today too, or at the spring. They also want to try him in center field. Uh, so, I mean, there, there are a lot of moving parts out there, but those, those young, those young guys have, have been terrific on, uh, you know, I, and, and I, I I didn't see Spencer Howard pitch today. Obviously, I'm I'm in Dallas Fort Worth, but um, I spoke with him yesterday and uh, just listened to him talk. It just sounds like he's in a, such a different headspace than he was after the trade and after what the Phillies, um, what you know, his time with the Phillies was over, and he he wasn't very pleased with that. So it sounds like he cleaned up a lot of things. So. Uh, I think that's an interesting one. I think that I think that might be the the guy who takes the the fifth rotation. Spot. I'm starting to think that too. Today he struck out. What he struck out four and two innings, and I and think there were perfect innings too. Yeah, perfect <laughs> innings. And my, from some of the stuff I was seeing from people reporting that were out there was 
his on the on the mound, he just looked like confident in it, going. He was pounding the strike zone. I think that's been an issue too. You know, I've said all along. I, I've always kind of been leaning towards maybe maybe someone like Otto or Alexi that I thought would hit that spot. Howard's the guy that's got the most upside. This was a top 100 prospect a couple years ago, and that's the guy, if he can hit, and, and they'll have patience to let him do it, which the Phillies couldn't do because they were in it last year. Wow, that that would be that guy could move into the middle of your rotation easy if he could be what they think well, he, he can be. He could be at the top of your rotation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this if, – if, if he lives up to the scanner reports and what everybody saw of him uh, b- before really – uh before this year i mean i it's 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 a it's a quality major league starting pitcher and um hey you know i know the rangers have a bunch of a bunch of guys in the minors and um but uh the you know and and, and howard is not a rookie or a prospect anymore technically right but, uh, i would i would lump him into that group yeah uh, so it, it's it's interesting it's definitely interesting well let me ask you this so do you think I've kind of leaned, this is where I'm feeling now. I don't know that there's any big moves left for this team to make, I guess, unless there's a trade. I mean, I th- do you think they're kind of going with what they got? They've got some talent on this team now. And yeah, maybe just, I, just for assessment. I talked to John Daniels yesterday, and I'm actually about to hit hit the publish button on this one. Um, and he said they're pretty much done. You know, they're 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 looking at some, some smaller moves. Um, but they're not going to make any more big splash. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the, the dogs are, are happy again. They must have thought we got Blaine back on here, but that's okay. But you know, I thought that too, I've been, I've been trying to look at moves they could make. And I swear part of me sitting back from the fan perspective was like, golly, you don't really have to make a move. You you're, you've really got a better team going into this and you've really got some guys you've got to assess before you go spend more money. And there's going to be another free agent market next year, unless there's some sort of trade that falls into place. I don't see them doing anything else. That's funny. Yeah, and you know, I, the, the way that they can, they can t- construct the the pitching staff um, yep. with some of these guys, you know, the, um, you know, you look at what Taylor Hearn did last year when he started as a reliever and kind of morphed into the rotation uh, the Rangers that used to be their their blueprint for for getting guys to the majors. I mean, Derek Holland is the the first one I remember where yep. he started him up as a reliever and, and let him get a taste of the major leagues that way. And you know, with the roster expanded, that's definitely one way uh, to 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 do that. With let's say an Alexi or an Otto or a Howard, uh, I would probably use the other two, the first two I mentioned, Otto and Alexi, and yeah. bullpen role, uh, but uh you know it, it and and while all these additions were made you know keep in mind that that this is still a, a development year they didn't they didn't go heavy on pitching they went heavy on position players yep i think next year is is when they're going to look at at pitching and maybe maybe a center fielder or a left fielder if if, if Tavares doesn't work out yep but um you know the, the the expectation is that he's going to it may not be on opening day but um so, so yeah, they still need to develop pitchers. And, yep. and so that's, I think you will get a chance to see Howard, Alexi, Otto, uh, Cole Wynn um, at, at various points this year. Uh, not sure, you know, I think Leiter starts at double A now. Um, I think Cody Bradford, depending on how things shake out, 
may end up at triple a to start the season depending on how the roster right you know if the extra spots works out but he, he's he's a, he's closer and zach kent's closer than than i think people think too so um I don't, i'm not saying that they're going to be in the major leagues this year however um they're in that group that that could develop and, and get a taste as a, as a reliever first so if if it is what we think and we think they've basically made the moves they're going to make what grade do you give this offseason well, I mean, I don't know how you don't give it an A. I, I mean, was about I just, to say. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> With what they've done right now, it's an A. I, I don't see how you couldn't. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's possible that Seager and Simeon are, are bust, but we got to wait and see that. Um, but they, the Rangers are, are continue to stick to their plan. Yep. That, that's, that's, probably, that's something that they just haven't done in the past. And they are, they are sticking to their plan. Right now, the plan was – to load up on position players and let the pitchers develop. That's that's the plan that was going into this offseason, and and that's what's going to happen this season. Right. Um, and then and then you know the next year the plan is to compete, and and whether that's with uh, homegrown homegrown pitchers or whether they go out and get one or two, that's that's what that's the next step. So ideally they want it to be their guys that are here. Uh, they don't have, you know, if they if if things don't work out on the development front uh, fast enough or, or something happens, they've got pros- pitching prospects they can trade for help. So sure. it's it's um, yeah, there are a lot of possibilities. But as far as the the original question here about about the the off season, I mean, they spent five hundred and sixty one billion or million dollars. Yeah, uh, it's on, it's hard on to argue. guys who are going to reshape the 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 team. So. Um, you got to give it an A right now. I tell you, and, the, and, and maybe look, look, it's real easy to go into this and say, well, the best signing they had this year was 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 the two big the two big names in Simeon and Seager, and those were great names. I think the guy that may pay off more than anyone thinks is the Richards, Garrett Richards. That guy may be the payoff. That was a, well, that came out of nowhere. That guy's got some major value. Yeah, and you know he he knows the division from his time with the the Angels and. He's been through a lot. He's been through some injuries and whatnot. He's he's not a starter anymore, but right um, there there is that. And you know, I don't think any yeah, you know, John John Gray really gets overshadowed here. And he made his first spring start today, and it was it was pretty good. And uh, he's looked good. He's out of Colorado, and you know, people will talk about well, he had he had better home numbers than than on the road. But I, I think what people don't understand is that when a Colorado pitch goes on the road, he has to he has to have a different curveball grip. He has to change the way he pitches from ballpark to ballpark. So I think it's significant that uh, he will be able to pitch in one spot. He does have to go to Colorado in August, but yeah. maybe, maybe they'll skip him if you know it. But I'm just saying uh, he, he's, he's going to be in a different spot mentally. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes because he's always had the stuff. This is, I mean, he was a number three overall pick, I believe, yeah. in, in the year he was drafted. So um Brad Miller yeah. was, I mean, Brad Miller's a good one too. I mean, that's... like now, like, you know, Brad Miller's very, a very calculated one because, because he fills a need. Uh, he's going to be a platoon player. You know, he can't, he really can't hit lefties uh, all that well, um, but he can play everywhere. And, and what he does against right-handers, you know, uh, it, it, it really looks, it looks like he, he was, and he's a, and it's a two-year deal too. Right. 
So I think the expectation is that for next year he will he will play a, a big role in the offense. And that was quick too. And so I, I guess coming out of the out of the uh, lockout, I think John uh, Cy and JD had had in mind what they thought they were going to do. I think they made some calls, looked out, didn't really see or were hearing felt immediately that that Kershaw probably isn't going to happen. And they went out, did the Perez thing, the Brad the Brad Miller thing. Uh, and and then ended up uh, getting Garrett Richard. I mean, they they kind of they didn't sit around. They went quick with the way they were going to go. And they that was in their plans, obviously. Yeah, and you know, Rick Richards was calculated too because he can pitch multiple innings. Yep. And the Rangers are going to need relievers who can go multiple innings. And you know, when you look at Jonathan Hernandez and Jose Leclerc, when they come back, they're probably going to be one inning guys. Um, you know, you can get multiple innings from like John King and Brett Martin. Right. Uh, but, but really, the, you're looking at some one inning guys who are going to be in the bullpen. And uh, with with uh, innings in, you know, potentially in the fifth spot, uh, going to need some multiple inning uh, relievers there to, to, to cover where, sh- where, the, where the, they're short out of the rotation. And, you know, Martin Perez, uh, a veteran, uh, he's definitely not Clayton Kershaw. No. Um, but he's going to be able to get 150, 160 innings. And then, and then we'll see, you know, uh, he, he could be a guy who, who, who sticks around. I mean, he loves the area originally signed by the Rangers. Yep. Uh, great, great guy. I, I, I love the guy. Um, so how's he, his he, English? He got, he speaks good English. It's, it's good. It's good enough. Yeah. And, um, it, but anyway, they, they, they were very pointed. You know, the, the superstars were obviously signed to, to do their things. Cole Calhoun's not a superstar, but there was a reason to sign him. Yep. And then uh, and then when you talk about yeah. Miller, Richards, Perez, they, the Rangers identified guys for very specific roles, and 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 uh, those are those are those are the guys. So very calculated signings. Well, look, we've got it this right about an hour. Guys, you need to go. Um, you got anything else? I think it's time to maybe wind no, this thing down. Uh, you need to go join up. Uh, Jeff Wilson at uh, .substack.com. Go sign up for that. It's five ninety nine a month, $60 for the year. Well worth it. Also, yeah. subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're getting out videos yeah. all the time. We're going to make some videos before every home series. We'll do a little preview for every home series. Just a quick three or four minute thing on every time that we're going to put out. We're going to get these videos from batting practices at home games. Jeff's going to do a little traveling on the road and be able to get some stuff from out there, but you guys yeah. don't sit. We're getting a lot of new subscribers on YouTube. We need some more subscribers on Substack uh, at, at the newsletter. Get on there and do that. And then uh, it, look, this thing is taken off and this is great daily coverage. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to prioritize subscriptions, go to Substack, Substack first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> The YouTube channel's free. It is. So let's, you know, if you want to do that too, great. But uh, yeah, you know, the more the more subscribers we get, the more we're able to do, and and um, we're doing a lot. So that ought to that ought to tell you the potential we've got, and our coverage has been pretty good, I think. I'm yeah, and, and I the, think it's been pretty. And let's be honest, we're the, let's be honest. I mean, we're, we're, you make a living at this, but you're putting money back into this. I mean, you're going to be traveling. You're going to be going out to see these guys. Be on the road. You're not going to go on every road trip. That man, that money, that that it's important for, for daily coverage and what we're doing. 
It's really yeah. worth it, guys. It's so worth it to have a beat router there. This has been the greatest experience for me when I'm like, look at what he just said. We're sitting here talking. He goes, I talked to JD yesterday. Are you kidding me? That's fantastic. Uh, to, to be able to, 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 for him to say, I don't think we're, you know, I think we're done. We know JD keeps things close to the vest, but I, I believe him. I don't know there's much anything else to do out there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't, I don't either. I mean, not, not, there are names, but if it's going to, uh, cost you a draft pick like Michael Conforto. Would. Yeah, that ain't happening. I don't think the Raiders are interested in doing that. Nah, he's going back to the Mets. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thank Blaine Krim for joining us. That was so much fun talking to him. Jeff, uh, we'll see you. Or you. If you head back out, we'll stay back in touch. Maybe I'm going with you. If not, we'll see you opening day. Uh, guys, until next week, see you at the yard. <laughs>